0: We're starting, not starting, we're going to continue actually, and I I wrestled with this, but as I was praying, I just wanted to continue with this series that we ended the year with called Family of Origin, Family of Origin. So this is part three. I I lied to y'all. I said it was going to be two parts, and now here's a third part, because I did not know we were going to have a third part. So it was not an intentional lie, it was just one of those like, oh man, this is what God put on my heart, let's go ahead and take a step. Number three, the title of today's message, if you're taking notes... And if you were raised in the 80s, you will get this reference. Crisscross will make you jump. Okay. Crisscross will make you jump. If you do not get that reference, you probably can't even drink yet. Uh, And that's okay. You can Google it. Uh, I went on a father-son hang uh, with our middle son, uh, Grayson. Uh, he's 11 years old, and we went out just to just just to hang, you know, just like a daddy-daughter date would happen. This is a, a father-son hang. I choose not to call it a date. It seems a little bit weird. So it's, it's a father-son hang. And we began this father-son uh, hang with going to a place that you have to go when you're hanging out with your son, and that's a Jesus Chicken place. Uh, we went to Chick-fil-A. So we... We started off on this Saturday morning, and we go get our Jesus chicken, and we are there, and he orders what he orders, and I order uh, what I order, and we sit down, and I'm trying to uh, spend some time with him, and I want to intentionally talk about, you know, spiritual and and godly things, too. So I I say, son, uh, you know, who's your favorite character in the Bible? And he says, my favorite character in the Bible is Gideon. And I'm like, wow, number one, this is awesome that he even knows this. So I'm giving credit to his mom and definitely to the, the serve team here at Shoreline City, all the bigs leaders and middle school leaders. Uh, they do such a great job. But he says, he says, Gideon. And I'm like, well, he's, that's literally one of my top three favorite Bible characters. So I'm like, you want any more Jesus chicken? You know, I, I want to give him everything that he wants at this point in time. So we, we go and we begin to, to open up the Bible together and we actually take some time to, to do art because he, he loves art. So we're talking through the story of Gideon and we're actually drawing it out. And I'm a terrible artist, but he's a, a, a fantastic, I mean, the young man is very, very skilled. And I know every parent thinks their kid is gifted, but this happens to be one of those cases where it's actually real. Because when my kids aren't good at something, I tell them, I'm like, you're not going to succeed in that. Let's go ahead let's let's adjust, okay? And we're going to do this other thing. <laughs> I'm willing to kill dreams to let the real dreams come to life. <laughs> So so we walk through this. Now, Gideon may be a new character for a a lot of you, a a, a new person. So go with me to the book of Hebrews. Let me show you this passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 32. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. And then if you're not taking notes, we'll put the words on the screen so you can follow along. So the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to, talk, to tell about Gideon, Barak. This is not the president. This is a Bible character. Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions... These individuals quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. These individuals that are listed out here, Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, each of them are actually from a book in the Bible called Judges. It's an Old Testament Hebrews is in the New Testament. Judges would be in the Old Testament. And these four individuals are all judges. These judges were heroes. These were individuals, men and women, who faced incredible, crazy obstacles, but but they did something significant. God empowered them to make a difference in their world. Now, when you read the Bible, when I read the Bible, sometimes we can think that these people are made up of something different than we're made up of. We can read it and think, well, they're a Bible character. Obviously, they must be perfect or strong. And I'm just letting you know, they're not made up of anything different. They're human beings just like me and just like you. Now, now, I want to quote a guy named Steve Jobs. Some of you have him in your pocket uh, right now. You might be watching him right now on, uh, watching through something he created, that little, that little iMac uh, computer. But Steve Jobs said something. Now, I'm quoting Steve Jobs. Do not think Steve Jobs and the Bible are on the same page. They are not. Okay? So scripture trumps Steve. Some of y'all are like, really? Yes. Yeah. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. But Steve said something great. He said, you can put it on the screen for me. Life, he says, can be much broader once you discover one simple fact. And that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. What Steve is trying to say here is that you and I look at life, and we look at the things that are going on in life, and we think that, well, I could never, but he says, if you will realize that they're made up of the same stuff you're made up of. That the same God made them that made you. That they have struggles and problems and weaknesses and concerns and difficulties. Once once you get over, you stop believing the lie that they are somehow better than you smarter than you, more gifted than you, then you too can step in and make an impact on life. So when you and I are reading the Bible, I don't want us reading the Bible like these men and women here are any different than you and I are. They didn't have cell phones, of course, and they they didn't have a Tesla, and and, and they didn't have the internet. There's a lot of things that they didn't have, but, but when it comes to DNA, when it comes to flesh and blood, when it comes to a heart and lungs, when it comes to eyes and nose, when it comes to family dynamics, when it comes to just existing, they are just like me and just like you. Go with me to the book of Judges now. Go with me to the book of Judges. Okay, I'm, I'm excited about this. Let me see if I can find Judges. Where are you, Judges? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Oops, verse number 1. It says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. This is verse number 1. Chapter 6, verse number 1. Did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites because the power of Midian was so Oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Okay, Um, again, the children of Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord. The book of Judges is a book of cycles, okay? Cycles, cycles, cycles. It's actually the same thing happens over and over and over again, all the way throughout the entire book. You'll read, we're in chapter 6 here, but when you get to the beginning of it, it goes, they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Then an oppressor comes. The oppressor is oppressing them for a certain period of time. We see here for the Midianites, it was seven years they were oppressing the children of Israel. So for seven years, they're oppressing them. They're oppressed, the children of Israel are oppressed, and they say, oh my goodness, I'm in a jam. And they do one of those Hail Mary prayers. God, if you get me out of this one, I'll never do it again. And they pray this prayer, and then God raises up a judge. That's why the book is called Judges. One of the judges is raised up, and this judge fights against the oppressor. The judge brings peace to the children of Israel. The children of Israel are like, whew, made it out of that one. There's a time where they're following after God. Then they, like me and you, Forget. And they go back to doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, end up in oppression, have to cry out to God again, and the same cycle happens over and over and over. I told you they were just like us. I told you they were just like me and just like you. So this cycle continues to happen. Now, the book of Judges is really a type and shadow of Christ because Jesus is the one that was raised up for us to be the one that would come against our oppressor, the enemy, death, hell, and the grave, and he would free us from that oppression so that you and I can have a life-giving relationship and have forgiveness and be reconciled with God. So this is ultimately a book that's pointing to Jesus. That does not mean there aren't truths for us. So in verses 11 and 12 of Judges chapter 6, an angel shows up and says, hey, Gideon, what's up, man? God loves you. He's on your side. He's got a call on your life. And I want you to see Gideon's response. Gideon is a real one for this one. All right, he's real. Watch this. Verse number 13. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Why has this happened? Where are the miracles? We are abandoned. Why has this happened? Where are the miracles? We are abandoned. Why has this happened? Have you ever asked this question? Where are the miracles? Have you ever asked this question? Why are we abandoned? Have you ever felt this? Gideon, the angel says one thing to him and his response is, I appreciate what you're saying to me. But why has this happened? Why am I in the hospital? Why the cancer? Why the breakup? Why am I not married yet? Why don't I have kids yet? Why has my business not getting off the ground? Why am I not done with school yet? Why did they not call me? Why do I keep... I'm trying to talk to real people here, okay? If 2020 or 2021 did not bring you any of these questions, then God bless you. But for most of us, at some point in time over these last couple years, we were like, uh-uh, 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 Why, why has this Happened. Why in the world would this disease keep mutating over and over and over? Shut up, COVID. Leave me alone. I don't want to hear it ever again. Why do I keep dealing with this same thing over and over? Where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? You know when somebody in your life that you're close to gets a miracle you're believing God for? It's an interesting test. <laughs> it's an interesting test. You're like, oh, okay, okay. They're like, eh, guess what, guess what? <laughs> oh, my gosh, I got the promotion. And you're like, you've been sending resumes on Indeed.com day after day. And you're like, yeah. I'm so happy for you. Ooh, I got it. I got the ring. Look, look look, look at it I got it, I got it. <laughs> Yes. They got what I'm asking God for. They got what I'm praying for. And I've waited longer than they have. I've been more faithful than them. They're, 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 not, even, they're not even steady. They left and I stayed and they did not. Now, now they're getting. Lord, <laughs> where are the miracles? Okay, I appreciate Oh, God loves you. Okay, why has this happened? Where are the miracles? I'm abandoned. I'm abandoned. I've spoken to people. Honestly, I spoke to somebody this morning. I spoke to someone this morning. They felt like God abandoned them, so they abandoned the church. This morning, walked through something in their family, felt like God was not present Now, in their head, they know God loves them. But it's just, there's a disconnect, right? Because that should not have happened. Abandoned. Uh, Psalm 139, it's one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, but Psalm 139, verse number 7, we'll put it on the screen so you can... You can jot it down and you can read it as well. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If, if I go to heaven, you're there. Matter of fact, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I try to ride on the wings of the morning, you're there. It does not matter where I go, God. You're there no matter where I Go, your right hand, your spirit, your presence is with me. So I just want you to know, even if you feel abandoned, you're not abandoned. But let's keep on walking through here. Because verse 14, verse 14 the Lord turns to him and says, you know, go, go in the strength you have. He says, I got your back. I'm with you. Uh, you're powerful. I'm sending you. I called you to do this. But look what he says in verse number 15. Here's Gideon's response. Pardon me, my Lord. Verse number 15 of chapter 6 of the book of Judges. Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. I'm excited about this, okay? I'm I'm, I'm excited to share this with you. Okay. God's like, okay, I called you. I'm on your side. Gideon now shares his rebuttal. He gives his answer to God. And he feels like the answer he is about to give to God is enough. To shut God's mouth and say, God, you can no longer ask me to do the thing you're asking me to do because of the reasons I'm about to give you. God, I appreciate you reaching out. Thank you for the DM. I appreciate you sending me the email. But let me just go ahead and shut this conversation down right now, God. And he shuts down the conversation. This is his thought. I can't save Israel. Why? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my family. Okay, okay. So you got, everybody say family. Uh, Everybody say clan. Uh, Everybody say tribe. Everybody say Israel. Okay, so this is like the, the the overall community here. Okay, so every a, a, a clan is made up of a bunch of families. So you got families that build into the clans, and then the clans, a bunch of clans, will make up one of, one of the tribes. Now there are twelve tribes in Israel, twelve of them. Manasseh is one of those tribes. Okay. These 12 tribes make up all of Israel. So here's the progression. You got Israel, you got the tribes, you got the clans, you got the families. Go the other way, you got the families, you got the clans, you got the tribe, you got Israel. Okay, so I want you to see in his brain how all this is working. In his brain, he says, I can't. Because I know Israel, that's the whole group. I know Manasseh, that's the tribe, one of the 12. I know my clan, I know my family, and I'm here at the, follow me, follow me, follow me camera. I'm here at the bottom of my family. So he, this is an ironclad argument. In his brain, God can't say nothing. He's like, gotcha. <laughs> you, you thought you had me, Lord. You thought you could call me. You can't call me. <laughs> I just gave you the reasoning, Lord. Now, hmm. I, I wrote it down like this. When God, when God empowered you and called you, I'm talking to you now. That's like you were saying to Gideon. When God empowered you and called you, he was already aware of what you incorrectly believed disqualified you. Okay? Because Gideon is sharing information with God here as if God does not know that he's the least in the family, in a little old clan, in a little tribe, a part of Israel. He's talking to God like God is not aware of his history. He is talking to God as if God is not aware of what Gideon believes disqualifies him. But why would he even believe being a part of Manasseh disqualifies him? Okay. Go with me to numbers. Go with me to numbers. This is for Bible nerds right here, Book of Numbers. Okay, I'm reading it right now. I'm reading the Book of Numbers. and I'm also reading Philippians. But I'm reading the Book of Numbers, and I'm enjoying it. And there are some parts that would seem boring, but I stumbled upon this a few weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Numbers chapter 1, verse number 34. From the descendants of Manasseh, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Manasseh was 32,200. 32,200. Well, that number might not mean much to you. But if you read through the entire first chapter of Numbers, every single tribe is counted And the number of fighting men, 20 years old and over, who are able-bodied, all of them are counted. Out of all 12 tribes, Manasseh has the smallest number. Has the least. They're the smallest. Okay, so I think, well, well, that's one thing. But go with me to Genesis. Go with me to Genesis. Yeah, pick up that phone. Genesis. Grab it. It's okay. It's okay. Call them up. Tell them what you want. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 48. Genesis chapter 48. Now, I I do not have time to read all of Genesis chapter 48. It will take take way too long. Take way too long. But I I've got to tell you this, okay? In Genesis chapter 48, we find out about a couple of sons. Okay? A couple of sons. And these couple of sons, and team, I'll call you out. I'll call you out, team. I'll tell the team when to come out. In Genesis chapter 48, uh, there's a couple of sons. One's name is Ephraim, and the other one is Manasseh. Okay? These two sons were the sons of a guy named Joseph, the dreamer. He's in Egypt, and he's raised to a place of power. And this man, Joseph, has these two sons. He is a part, he's the son of a guy named Jacob. This gets confusing. Watch this. This I don't know why the Bible did this to us. Jacob also has the name Israel, okay? So it's like Jay-Z is also called, you know, HOV. You know, you got a couple names. Y'all know what I'm talking about? A rapper has like four different names. So it happens in the Bible. They got it from the Bible. Okay. So Jacob, his street name, his rapper name, Israel. Okay. Parents ain't him Jacob, but the streets call him Israel. He's got these two names. So now he, Jacob is old, old, old. Like about to die old. And in Genesis chapter 48, Joseph brings his sons to their grandfather, Jacob. And he's bringing his sons Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh is the oldest. He's the firstborn. He's bringing his sons to Jacob. Jacob, you can read in Genesis 48. He sits up in the bed. He's old. His eyes are dim. He's about to die. But Joseph wants to make sure his sons get, get a blessing from their grandfather. Uh, honestly, I remember this on a super, this is a, a personal note. Uh, my name is Earl. My dad's name is Earl. My grandfather's name is Earl. So I'm the third. And when we had Parker, our, our oldest, uh, he's, he's actually Parker Earl because I didn't want to, you know, I was called Little Earl my whole life growing up. So I didn't want to do that to him. So he's Parker Earl. And one of the things I prayed for was a picture. I should have brought it today. But a picture of the four generations together. And, and I got it. Parker was like uh, just about eight months old, fat, you know, fat baby, just cute. And fat, like the thick thighs, fat. And, and I got a picture of my grandfather, my father, me, and I'm holding my son, Parker. I'm like the four generations. It was just a moment. My grandfather has now uh, gone on to heaven, married to my grandmother for 60-something years, a man of God. I just love him so, so much. I can't wait to see him one day. Again, uh, I miss him a ton. He's an old-school singer like The Temptations. Just, just, a, just a great, great man. But, but I got that picture, uh, and I, I'm so glad I get to hold on to that moment. This is what Joseph is feeling. Dad, I didn't know I was ever going to see you again. I didn't know I was ever going to get this chance to connect with you, Dad. But now I get to have you pray and bless my sons. Ephraim, Manasseh, come here. Come here. Come here, guys. Come here. Come here. Joseph sits up, mustering his strength. And Joseph brings Manasseh and Ephraim. And he puts them in front of their grandfather now you're you're looking at me right now so your right hand is obviously opposite of mine this is my right hand your right hands over there okay you know that okay joseph brings his sons to their grandfather so the grandfather can bless them he puts manasseh in front of his father's right hand. He puts Ephraim in front of his father's left hand. This is all in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 48, verses 12 through 14. You can put it on the screen so we can make sure I'm not making this up. Uh, He puts him there in front, okay, again, right, right hand. Why did he put Manasseh in front of his father's right hand? Well, because that's where the blessing comes from the right hand onto the firstborn. That's what happens. So he brings his sons, and Jacob does not put his right hand on Manasseh. He crosses his hands. You can read it later. Joseph steps up. Whoa, 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 dad, 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 stop. And he grabs his father's hands and says, You're doing it wrong. Ephraim's not the oldest, he's the youngest. You don't put your right hand on him. Switch your hands. And the dad says, Nope. This is the blessing that I'm giving. Okay. I've heard this preached if you're Ephraim. And it's like you got the blessing that was supposed to be for somebody else. But the blessing came to you. Hallelujah. Won't he do it? God is faithful. It was for somebody else. But they can't have what's supposed to be yours. Okay, I heard that. I heard that. I heard it. It's good preaching, it's good preaching. You get the organ, you can get the thank you, Jesus. I mean wigs flying everywhere. I've heard it, I've heard it. It's good. But what about if you're Manasseh? What if you're supposed to get it? And it was given to somebody else. What if it was supposed to be yours? But it was given to somebody else. It seems that when this happened in Genesis, something got in the DNA of the tribe of Manasseh. And it made its way all the way to Judges. When God called Gideon... Gideon said, you obviously don't know my family because we're the ones that were supposed to get the blessing, but we didn't because he crossed his arms. We're the ones that aren't good enough. We're the ones that don't measure up. We're the ones that don't get the blessing. We're the ones that it's supposed to be for us, but it somehow, some way makes its way around us. We're the ones that are supposed to go to the next level, but it seems like everybody else goes to the next level. We're the ones that are supposed to get the outpouring, but it seems like it goes to somebody else. You cannot use me because my family is the family that does not get what God has for them. Then God does not say to Gideon, you're wrong. He doesn't say, oh, no, 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 your your clan's not the weakest. Oh, no, 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 you're not the least. Oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't try to rebut any of that. He does not say, you're not the shortest, or you're not this, or you're not that. Gideon used he's the weakest in Manasseh and the least in his family he used these two things as like trump cards like boom you cannot get around this and I was wondering what are our two things What are the two things that you and I have? What are the the two things that come to your mind so quickly when someone's like, you know God can work a miracle? You go, one, two, he can't. One, one, two. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. One, two. He can't. One, two. He. One, two. He can't. He can't. No, no. You don't know my family. You don't know my background. You don't know I was divorced. You don't know I had an abortion. You don't know the people that I hurt. You don't know that I was in jail. You don't know that I have a foreclosure. You don't know that I filed for bankruptcy. You don't know. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one. It was so quick on Gideon's tongue that he knew the exact reason that God could not use him. And I know for us, we have so many things when God is trying to call us to new levels in new years and new opportunities and take new ground and reach new people and impact the kingdom and impact this world for his cause and his glory. What two things keep coming to our mind on the reason God cannot use us and you and I keep throwing it down like it's a pair of aces and there's no way anybody can get around this and God has a response and his response is not you're wrong none of that stuff is a lie no this is God's response in Judges chapter 6 verse 16 I like it I like it I lost my I know what he says I will, I will be with you. 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 I've been shocked the things my kids are able to do when I'm with them. <laughs> There's some things they won't do if I'm not with them. The other day I should have brought this video. Uh, no, no, I don't want to shame my kids. <laughs> One of them was afraid to take out the trash at night because we found out there's some raccoons. I mean, we're in the city, too. There's some raccoons that did some droppings. So my kids have now discovered that. So they don't want to take out the trash at night. It's amazing. It's amazing how uh, they will not go outside. One of my sons, who, who likes Jesus chicken, he's not going outside at night. <laughs> he's not going outside at night to put out the trash. He's like, Dad, no, let me just wait till the morning. Let me, let me, let me wait till it's light outside. But, Dad, if you come with me, if you come with me, I'll go. It's crazy how he just grabs a trash bag. If I'm next to him, he just walks. If he goes by himself, there's hesitancy. I just want you to know God's response is I'll be with you. But do you know this? In Judges chapter 6, verse number 12, when God first began this dialogue with Gideon, he started it with, I'm with you. The book ends to the two things that Gideon thought disqualified him. There was only one message. I'll be with you. This next year, In everything that you face, in everything that you deal with, in everything that you come up against, this is the response and the answer to legitimate concerns that you have and I have in our life. The answer is not, it didn't happen. The answer is not, it doesn't matter. The answer is not, I'm going to ignore the facts. The answer is, I have someone with me who trumps everything that's trying to come against me and everything that I believe disqualifies me. I will be with you. I will be with you. North family in this room online, bow your heads for just a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice today, you just have some things that you're wrestling with, dealing with, two things that keep coming to your head reminding you why you cannot be used by God or why this year will be like every other year. Can I just also encourage you with this, that Manasseh, the name actually means to forget. That's what Manasseh means, to forget. Can I just pray that there would be a Manasseh anointing and mindset on us? Not that we would see ourselves as less than, but we would be willing to forget not forget as in not have memory of but forget as in will not be imprisoned by i'm praying that over every single heart in every single life but if you're under the sound of my voice and you've never given your heart and your life to jesus you've never made him first you've never made him number one You never made him the boss of your life. He's not in the driver's seat of your life. You are. And you're saying you don't want to go your own way. You want to go his way. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but something bold. I just want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. i got friends all over this room right now saying, yes, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. I want to make him first. I want to make him number one. We celebrate this moment. Man, I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart. If you would not mind, repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, in this new year, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen.